Well, hi again, everybody, and I'm so sorry, we forgot to welcome uh, visitors this morning. We normally do that up front. Um, is anyone joining us for the first time today, never been here before? We're not going to embarrass you, just actually want to give you a coffee voucher. So good to have you guys over there. Anyone else visiting us first time? Oh, we've got someone at the back, so good to have you. Anyone up at the top? I don't know. Yes, there's a couple of hands up there. Awesome. Amazing. So coffee is on us today. Sorry, we're only welcoming you now, um, but so good to have you with us today. Right, are you ready for week three of Pray First? So uh, for those of you just uh, joining us today and haven't been here the last few weeks, we're on week three of a uh, teaching series called Pray First, and it's based on a book that I read in the beginning of this year, uh, a book uh, written by Chris Hodges, and he talks, he talks about gathering um, kind of notes on prayer for the last 40 years, basically, and he finally wrote a book uh, and how to teach us and help us understand what prayer is. So week one, we looked at just prioritizing prayer and making it a priority in our life and giving God our first and our best. And then last week, Adele spoke on tabernacle prayer. And just to help, I did explain this last week, that's just one method of prayer. There, there's, a, there's seven in the book, and it just helps us understand the procedure and a way we can approach God when it comes to prayer. Obviously, the Lord's Prayer is another method of prayer, um, and it's not just a prayer that we would say in 20 seconds, but there is, there is power in that prayer. When you say, Our Father in heaven, you're not just going on to, Hallowed be your name. Our Father, you, you're just thinking about God is your Father. Hallowed be your name is, is, is just God. I just thank you and I praise you. And so th there, is, there is power in understanding the method of prayer. So that was last week, and we just gave you one of the seven that are in the book. And then next week, uh, as Jin said up front, my dad is going to be speaking, and he's going to be talking about keep on praying and the persistence of prayer. And I'm sure he's going to tell you a few stories as well and how this church was at, actually birthed on prayer, and it's been very significant, important in the engine room of our church. So he's going to be speaking next week. Anyone excited to hear my dad speak next week? Yes? And then uh, the week after that, as we said, Colin will be here. Jin and I are going to be away for the next week, uh, two weeks. Please be praying for us. We leave on Wednesday. I'm preaching at a church in Texas next week. Uh, the guy that um, I saw in the airport with the, the, the cap, this, the, uh, you know, and we got the whole speak theme in and through that whole process. And then we're hosting a marriage night, which would be cool. Jin was like, I don't need to go because she doesn't really enjoy going away because of the mission of the kids. So I'm like, no, it would be nice if we hosted this marriage night together. She goes, I can just zoom in for that. I'm like, zoom in. <laughs> like, this is my wife. There she is on the screen. I mean, really. So anyway, she, she, uh, she's reluctantly coming with me, and then we got some meetings in LA uh, that we are, are going to. There's some things that we're working on, particularly with some of our nonprofits to the side, and then I'm uh, ministering at a church in Nashville as well, and then we'll be back. So I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, please be praying for us as well. That'll be great. So uh, today, though, we are looking at one of my favorite prayers in the Bible. So the last week and in the book, there's a method to pray, but today we're looking at one of my favorite prayers. It's a prayer that I might not say it in the same language that this prayer is prayed, but I will definitely say these four specific things. So, uh, and these four words at some point in, in a daily conversation that I have with God. And you may be familiar with the prayer. I think it was about 20 years ago, maybe, it, it kind of caught on, and there were some books written about it, and it, it kind of like got some wings, and uh, yeah, a lot of people, when, when, I, when I say what it is, you'll go, oh, okay, I may have heard of that before, but just to give you some context of this specific prayer, uh, just to kind of refresh us for those who maybe don't know, it's found in the book of 1 Chronicles. Now, when you read 1 Chronicles, 
And when we get there, church, when we, you know, we read the Bible in one year, when we get there, it's, it's going to be pretty grueling because there are 600 names mentioned in a row. It's a, a genealogy of 600 names. And we're going to be grateful for the Psalm and the Proverb maybe that day in, in our Bible reading, right? So, but there, there is power in that. I mean, it just shows how uh, meticulous the Bible actually is. It's, it's, it's impressive. I mean, some of you don't even know who your great-grandparents were, do you know what I'm saying, or where they grew up. I mean, the Bible's got 600 names in a row. It's, it's incredible. And then in one part of 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9, it pauses for a moment and it mentions a particular person but then speaks about this person and that they were, God took notes of this person for a prayer that they prayed. Isn't that amazing? Out of these 600 names, there's a stop and God just says he was honorable. He, he was special because of this prayer that he prayed. And I think it's important that we understand that prayer. And to help us today, um, we, we, we're going to get into it and unpack this prayer a little bit. So uh, out of these 600 names, one man is singled out. So it's in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 to 10. It'll be up on the screen. You can obviously also open your Bibles. And his name is Jabez. And I'm sure you've heard maybe of the Jabez prayer. And it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, his name, Jabez, actually said it sounded similar to a, a Hebrew word for the word pain, which is not ideal for a name, by the way. So, you know, here's my kids, Chloe, uh, Jude, Sophia, and pain. I know sometimes we feel like we wanted to name our kids uh, pain. They cause us a lot of grief and a lot of pain. Uh, but the context around as to why his name was pain, some versions are a little bit different in the Bible. People have landed on the thought that, the, that maybe the childbirth itself was pain or could have been a painful time uh, for the mother. We're not exactly 100% sure. In this particular version, it says, um, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God of the Israel, and we're going to get to his prayer in a moment, but can you just imagine your, your name meaning pain? Okay, so it's, it's quite, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a boy named Sue. It's not ideal, right? Um, Sorry if there's any guys called Sue here this morning, but I do know a Sue one, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's not ideal. But Jabez gives us some amazing perspective of actually how to overcome suffering and pain with the prayer that he prayed. I don't know the context of his story, uh, of how he grew up, and even having the name. I don't know if he was teased or what, but, and, and I don't think... God's saying we don't have to pray out of a place of pain and God doesn't want to hear us and our needs. But I just think this uh, prayer gives us perspective of what we need to maybe do when we're going through difficulty and times of suffering and times of pain. And often, I think, the problem that you have is not your problem. The problem is that you don't have anything greater in your life than your problem. And when we start to make God bigger, that's a word magnify, we, we sometimes see in worship songs, is, is to make God bigger and that we must decrease, the Bible says. And I just think when we, after a greater cause, have a greater mission, after a bigger God, the problems that we have doesn't mean they're not there, but it just means that they're a little smaller than sometimes we make them to be. And when we start to replace God and his kingdom, I just think we have a different perspective. And what's amazing, and I'll read the prayer to you, and the last line is just incredible. It says, so this is the prayer that he prayed. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. 
So these are the, the four things. So those are the first two. And then let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. You can also almost sense in him there's a, there's, a, there's a connecting back with the pain in his own heart, even his name being pain, but he wanted to be free from that. And this was the prayer that he prayed. And the best thing about this is it said, and God granted his request. I don't think I would have to teach you how to pray if every prayer you ever prayed, God granted your request. You would go, oh, well, this is just amazing. Every time I open my mouth to speak to God, it just happens. I mean, it's just incredible. And God granted his request. So, are you keen to unpack this a little bit more this morning? So what kind of prayer then should we pray when we're in pain, when we're in difficulty, when we're in struggle? And Jabez mentions these four things. So we're going to look at those four things today. And I'm telling you, if you start to pray these four things every day, I really believe that God is going to lift you up. He is going to do something incredible in your life. You pray these four things over your life, your family, your business. I just believe God can do something significant. And when actually you look at the first line is that he said that you would bless me. Some versions, I think it's the old King James, says indeed. So bless me indeed. And that word indeed on the blessing is basically like having five exclamation marks. Because they didn't have punctuation in those days when they wrote. You know, like we can bold something nowadays or we can put an emoji with a thumbs up or a little prayer or hand. This is bless me indeed. It's like, God, I'm really believing and I'm declaring this. God, that you would bless me indeed. So the first thing to realize is that God wants to bless you. So we need to pray for blessing. We need to simply pray for blessing. There's only four points today. So if you're taking notes, this is the first one. Pray for blessing. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding with this idea of blessing. But you have to know that God wants you blessed. And in fact, it's actually God's nature to bless. Look at what Psalm 512 says. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. Genesis 26 says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to, and there's a word that everyone gets a little bit nervous about, particularly in church circles, the man began to prosper. And he continued prospering until, and in case you haven't got it, he became very prosperous. <laughs> so there's a lot of like uh, misunderstanding around prosperity and you know people talk about the prosperity gospel and you know there's the name it claim it blab it grab it and all that kind of thing and you just want fancy cars and your own private jet and this and this and that I, I know and, and yes some of that is wrong when you're just praying for self but you you mustn't let that blur the fact that God wants to bless you and it's not in always the ways that we think. It's not necessarily material blessings, but he wants to bless us in all aspects of our life. And the word blessing isn't just when we pray a blessing over food or we pray a blessing over a missionary, like I'm going away now, you say, God bless them as they go. It's also not just, you know, when someone sneezes, we say, bless you, okay? It's much more than that. It's, it's, it's for our health. It's for our lives, our businesses, our families. It's for our wealth. It's for so many things. And I did mention this two weeks ago, but there's this word in the Bible for prosper, and it's 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 tzalech. Now I don't speak Hebrew, but apparently you've got to say it like you've got a popcorn kernel stuck in the back of your throat. So say it with me, tzalech. Okay. If you're Afrikaans, you're probably pretty good at at saying this word. And basically, this word means is that you're able to go to a certain point on your own, 
but then God just nudges you forward. So you're able to go to a certain point, but then God just nudges you forward. Have you ever felt that nudge in life? Like, God, like, how did this happen? How did I get here? How? How? You just got favor in that interview or there was this favor in this, this business deal or whatever it was and you're like, or even there was a dream in your heart and you find yourself there, you're like, I can't believe that this happened. Have you ever experienced that before? That is what tzalech is. It's this nudging forward. It's this supernatural impartation of favor. And it's not, again, please, when we talk about prosperity, there's not just in this money. I mean, all of us would like a little nudge in our bank balance, right? Okay, let's just be honest. This is church, we can't lie. But that's not what it's mainly talking about. It's that little nudge forward. It's, it's the blessing of God on your life. And we have to pray for it. We have to ask for it. The Bible says we don't receive because we don't ask. And I know there's this hyper-prosperity theology out there. And sometimes people teach it selfishly, but that doesn't mean then we, we just shy away from it completely. It doesn't mean we just ignore it all completely. But there is biblical prosperity. How many of you just want to just be nudged a little more forward in your marriage and have a better marriage? Or what about in your health? Just want a little nudge forward in your health or just in your business? Just, God, I just want you to just... just give my business a little more prominence, just push me forward in my leadership, or whatever it is. God just wants to nudge us forward. Who doesn't want that? Anyone? And God doesn't shy away from this word either. I mean, look at what 3 John 1, 2 says. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So God wants all things in our life, body, soul, mind, to prosper. And maybe a good way or biblical understanding of blessing or prosperity is this. Having more than I need so I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. See, the, the question I want to ask you today is, why do, would you want to be blessed? And let me tell you why you should want to be blessed. You see, because if all you're praying is for your needs then I just think your world's a little bit too small. And how often do we just pray for our own needs? But I believe that when we pray for blessing, is that it's to be a blessing. You see, when, when God gives more than we even ask for, it's so that we can give more to others. And this church... Uh, instilled that principle right in the beginning. We're having a lot of discussions around this at the moment, but we're non-profits. We don't technically have to give away, I mean, technically, but we've always been a church that has tithed. We've given out, and, we've, and, I, and I told you just the blessing that our church has been to a lot of people, and we continue to be a blessing, and that's just the story of this church. We don't just have enough to keep these air cons on, although I had that in my notes, but then realized it was load shedding, but I'm gonna read it anyway. We don't just have enough to keep our air cons on uh, and to keep the electricity going, but we have enough to be able to meet a need when there's floods. You see what I'm saying? And let me just be honest with you now. We, we in some conversations and th there, there's been some churches, even within our community, that can't afford to keep their lights on. Now, I'm not saying they're not blessed, and, but, but I'm just saying there's a principle here. And I'm not saying we're better than any, I'm, I'm not saying that. But I believe that there is a principle here. When you trust God for blessing, not just for yourself, but for others, I just think it continues to flow. I really believe that. 
And we need to pray blessing upon some of these churches that are really struggling. But we've always been a church that have believed that it's not just for us. This service today is not just for us, but it's for other people. Even this message today is not just for you, but that you can be a blessing to other people. So we don't just have enough for ourselves, but it's for others. And Genesis 12, 2 says this, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. It's a principle. And I want this for you. I really, really do. I want this for every one of us. And I can't ask for it for you. You have to ask for it yourself. And you need to pray a prayer like this every day. Lord, bless me with more than I need so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. Lord, bless me with all that I need, more than I need so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. Do you dream while you pray? I think we should. I think we we should dream big dreams. We should write down our dreams. And if your dream is not intimidating, it's too small. I mean, there's some stuff that we're dreaming for this church that I'm like, uh, I've got no idea how this is going to happen. Really? I've shared some of it with you. We've got a big dream. I don't know. And it's not my responsibility to actually make it happen. I've got to do what I need to do. But, but I'm like, God, this is your dream. So we, we, we need to be praying, God, bless me indeed. And the reason we pray for blessing is so that we can be a blessing to others. And I just believe there's a powerful principle in that. And when you start to pray those outward-focused prayers and not just inward-focused prayers, you might just see the blessing of God in your life in a whole different way. It's very quiet in here. We should get excited about this. Then the second thing that Jabez prayed, he, he spoke about enlarging um, our territory because... If you have more than you need, you need a place to put it. Let me say that again. If you have more than you need, you need a place to put it. So what's the point of being blessed to overflowing and there's nowhere for the overflowing to go? And for some of you, let me just say this as a challenge, I think your world is too small. If, if all you, your life is just here, I just think that you might not receive the blessing to overflowing. If you just open your eyes a bit and see what God wants to do in and through your life and start to have some perspective of the territory that God was wanting to give you, I think, it, I think God would, might just enlarge your life in a bigger way. So the, the second thing we need to pray, and a nice way to say this is just pray for influence. Large my territory. Pray for influence. You see, once you have blessing... God wants to use you and the blessing that you have to make a difference in the world around us. And I look at what we're doing as a church. It's, it's amazing. It's not just for ourselves. But we are able to be a blessing to the community around us in incredible ways. I even look at this trip that we are so blessed to be able to go on. It's just an enlargement. And this pastor in Texas, he's like, hey, I, I want to come and visit you. I just want to see what you guys are doing and maybe we can help with that. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Open doors there brings open doors for us here. And God wants to enlarge your influence. And you know what the word for that is? Ministry. It's ministry. You're a minister. Now, I know you might not be technically called a minister and maybe not put it on a form because you didn't go to Bible college or whatever it is, but you are a minister of the gospel. So I've been called all sorts of things. I've been called the Dumini. I've been called uh, the vicar the priest, the pastor, the minister. I've told you before, once I was at a wedding and I hadn't met uh, the groom before. Normally I meet with him before. 
but I was just standing around. I didn't know who was who, and there were whole people standing around, and eventually, I think the best man came, and he's like, do you know where the minister is? So I said, I said I, I'm, I'm him. <laughs> oh, okay, you don't look like one. I was like, I don't know. What, what are they meant to look like? I don't know, but you, you're not a congregant. You're not a parishioner. You're not a laity. You're not a member. Do you know the word clergy and laity don't appear in the Bible? I don't know why they're ever there. You know, there's this idea is there's the minister and then there's all the really dwarf people that don't know what to do with their lives and the minister has to help them. That, that's often the perspective of church. Seriously, like I don't know this stuff about God. It's my responsibility to hear God speak to God then I speak to you. You're a minister. In the Bible, it talks about being a, having a kingdom of priests. In all seven spheres, we look at the arts, we look at the education sector, the business sector, we look at the, help me here, someone, uh, there's, what, what are the other ones? Education. You're not shouting aloud enough, okay. Anyway, there's a whole lot of sectors in life that God wants to raise up priests. I can't go, go into education and be the head of education in, in our government. Political, that's another arena. We can't start preaching uh, political policies from here, but you can if you get into those spaces. And I'm trusting God to raise up people in all spheres of influence in our life. You have a different sphere of influence to me. Mine right now is you, and I'm very grateful for it. It's a privilege, and I never take that lightly. But tomorrow, when you go into your business, into your community, into your school, into your college, you've got a completely different sphere of influence. You can touch people that I can't. You guys touch more people than I do. And I know we have a, a decent sized church, but your church is bigger. So the defini definition of ministry is this, is living out my faith for the benefit of others. Just live out your faith to benefit others' lives. You're a minister and don't live a small-minded life. God's a big God. And Paul even prayed this prayer in the Bible. Paul prayed that his ministry would be enlarged and it says this in 2 Corinthians 10. But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you will be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in the lands beyond you. You're in lands beyond me. Jesus, there's some dodgy things going on here with our power. We need a new generator, church. At least, oh, hey, the power's back on. It's 10 o'clock. And the problem of you is most of you don't really believe that. Because you only think about what you can do. But when you start to analyze the influence God wants you to have based on your own ability and your own experience, it's not gonna be enlarged because you'll be disqualified every time. But when you start to have the perspective of what God wants to do in and through you, and as I said that, the generator turned off. Ephesians 3.20 says this, now to him who is able to do what? Immeasurably, there's a word, more than all we ask or imagine according to it's his power, it's his ability that is at work within us. So how do we know what that more is for our life? How, how does God speak to you for that more? And this year, we've said it a few times, it's the word speak. We need to be hearing God on a daily basis what he's called us to do. 
And I love this passage, and this will give some clarity to this. Acts 2.17 says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, if you didn't know what the next verse was, you would think, well, okay, does God want to, I don't know, have big churches or big businesses or whatever it is, and and we, we have all these, like, box things that we put God into. But it says this, very simply, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So if you're dreaming a lot, you're old. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> even on my servants, so this, it's, it's anyone, all people, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This is actually, uh, it's a, what do you, what's the right word? It's a, it was a prophecy from way, way back that Paul is mentioning here in Acts. And that's what God wants for us. He, he will equip us. He will give us the ability. God wants to use you, that we would hear God, that his spirit will be upon us. Dream dreams, because we can't do it on our own. But when we start to have a bigger dream, that God can do it in and through us, it's amazing. And church, there's some things that God wants to do in and through us. And if you've got ideas, bring them. We're not a church that goes, no, we'll, all ideas will come from us. We're needing people to start to go, you know what, I was dream- just the other day, we had some people say they were dreaming of this. We're like, so are we. Well, how are we going to make this happen? Someone else said, I've got this idea to do this. Well, th- th- that would be amazing. I-, I told you about this nail course that we did recently. So it was about a couple of years ago, Jen had this dream to teach people how to do nails. And she had mentioned it to me. And that week, uh, Carmen, who's... Uh, family sitting over there, but she's, she's at Sky Kids. Um, she, she says, hey, I've got this idea. Uh, I, I do nails. I'm a nail technician, and I want to train people. I was like, you're kidding. I just grabbed Janina. I grabbed Carmen. I was like, and we got that going this past week, and there was a bunch, and we, we're hoping that it grows from there, and we can train and equip these ladies in the community and how to do nails. God will bring people alongside and equip us. We need his spirit. We've got to dream bigger. When last did you just write down some dreams that you have? I've got some personal dreams and I'm seeing them one by one just ticked off and I'm, I'm amazed sometimes. Like, I, I just don't know how that happened and like, I've got more. And I think the more you dream and the more they get ticked off, the more you will continue to dream. I have a dream this year to go to Israel. I wanna to go to Israel. I, wanna, I, want, I want the scriptures to come alive. I've never been and, and I want them to come alive in a whole new way. We, we, we would love to go. I just think it would be significant. So th- that's a dream that I have. I don't know how and when this is going to happen. We were invited to join a trip, but just to see how to make it happen. But I would love to go to Israel. Anyone else like to go to Israel? Okay, quite a few of you guys. Okay, we, 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 we're talking and we're trying to figure this out. But you've got to have dreams. You've got to set goals. If you don't have a dream, it's, well, nothing can happen because there's no dream to work towards. Are you dreaming? And I think we should be praying prayers like this. Lord, let me see what you see so that I can pursue all that you have for my life. When we think about dreaming, enlarge me so that I might reach the full potential of your plan for my life. And this kind of prayer gives us faith to to, uh, realize that God can do more in and through us. And that's when we start to live an exciting life. So he first says, bless me. Then he says, increase my influence. And then Jabez prayed the third thing, and he says, oh, that your hand would be with me. Why? You see, if you invite it into a world that's too big for you, you will feel in over your head. 
You see, once you're blessed and once you've been given influence, you'll need him to show up more than you ever needed him before because you'll realize the place that God has placed you and the dream he has for you is way too big for you. So you need God to be with you. We sang about his presence. His presence is enough, but we need him. And I don't know if you know this, but most times before I get up on you, I'm like, uh, I have to remind myself that I actually pastored this church with my wife. I'm like, oh yeah, these people are coming here today. Um, I know you haven't come here for me, but I'm like, um, they're coming to receive something from me. Oh my gosh, okay, yeah, I'm preaching this morning. Not that I, <laughs> I'm just making this stuff up. I mean, I, I, I prepare, but honestly, sometimes I'm like, oh yes, I'm here. I, and before I actually get up here, I'm like, God, you've got to come with me here because I can't do this. I've told you my story before. I was, I, wasn't, I was terrible at speaking in front of people. I failed my speech and drama poems. I was, I was absolutely horrendous. And in many ways, I've had to work through some of my own insecurities. Uh, I remember it was, when I was a little younger, sometimes I was verbally, you know, people get, I mean, all kids get bullied at some point. And then you work and you develop insecurities. And, and I've had to work through those things. Like, am I good enough to be here? No, I'm not. But God in me makes this happen. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's so releasing and so freeing. And I cannot do anything that God, even now, next week, I'm like, geez, I've got to go preach in this church in Texas. I don't know, like, God, if I, um, what can I give them? And I'm like, God, you, you've got to come with me. You've, you've got to do something, and I'm really trusting God to, to speak in and through the, the message that I'm going to share. Uh, like, I personally don't have much to offer. And I'm not saying that under false humility, I promise you, but we need God to come with us. And that's why he prayed, I, 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 need, I need your hand on me. And the third thing is pray for God's presence in your life. So Acts eleven twenty one 21 says this, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord because the Lord's hand was with them. It's that talech, that, that nudge forward. It's because of God. And the, the amazing thing about this, if you have any influence and you have any success, you don't take the glory because you know it's got nothing to do with you. It's all because of God. And w- when I look at what God's doing in and through our church, I'm like, well, this is God. I mean, we do our bit. But God, you're making this happen. And sometimes, if I'm honest with you, I feel a little bit in over my head in leading this church. It was one of the reasons I didn't want to. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a hell of a thing to do. But we need God's presence. Your hand, Lord, be upon me. And maybe a, a, a biblical term for, for presence or for power is a, is, is a, a word anointing. We need God's anointing. And anointing is living my life with God's power so I can live a supernatural life. Because it, it can't be on the, the, the surface. It can't be this normal thing. It's supernatural because God is a supernatural God. And we need God's power working in and through our life if we want to do what he's called us to do. I mean, in Exodus thirty-three fifteen, it says, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. You need to be saying that every day as you go to work. God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I know sometimes you'd like to pray that prayer because you don't want to go to work, okay? But, um, <laughs> but we need God on a daily basis. Lord, I, I, I need you. I've always joked about this. If someone said to me, deny God for one day and I'll give you a million rand. Just, just one day. Just say, God, I don't need you for the day. It's tempting, right? I would never do it. I wouldn't do it for all the money in the world. I'd, 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 uh, and it's not about being scared, but I have a fear of God. Like, I, I don't know what my life would look like that day. 
without God with it. I, I don't know the type of choices I would make that day. I just know that I need God's presence in my life. We cannot live and function without God. We need his presence. Two Corinthians uh, three says this, and listen carefully to this, because if you have any type of inferiority complex or you just feel like you can't do this, you need to read this daily. It says this, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. It's none of our own doing. It's the spirit of God working in and through us. And that's, in fact, why we've been fasting. We push a desire aside, push a plate aside. It's, it's been hard, right? We've got a few days left. Okay, we're ending on Tuesday, 21 days. I, I, I know that a lot of you have been fasting, which is amazing. Some of you have been fasting like a soul fast, where you've been fasting like uh, social media. Some of you have been fasting food. I've been fasting breakfast and lunch. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hungry by dinner. <laughs> but, but the idea of the fast is as you push something aside, you say, God, like, not my will, but yours. And I mean, not only does it have health benefits, and it's not the reason why we do it, uh, but it's, it's a discipline thing. And it's, it's actually such a spiritual discipline. And you're asking God to be enlarged as you feel empty. Are you with me? And we're going to do this every year. So I'm just going to give you a warning now for next year, okay? We might even do it again through the year. But, and it doesn't have to be a 21-day. But we just need God. And I think when we just get rid of the, sometimes the natural desires, the fleshy desires of the world, we can experience more of God. And if you, this morning, just feel you can't do it, as a mom, as a dad, in your business, at your school, wherever you find yourself, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because maybe at the moment of surrender, where you're saying, God, I need you to help. And the prayer that we need to pray is, Lord, let your hand be on me, because what you've called me to is too big for me. Lord, let your hand be on me. Let your presence be on me. So first thing, we pray for blessing. Second is we pray for influence. The third, we pray for his presence. And I'm end with this. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. But one thing you're gonna to have to know, and I'm not um, making it in on a downer, but it's part of the prayer, is when you have blessing, influence, and God is using you, the enemy will come after you. If you're under attack from the enemy, the liar, the devil, he, 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 will, he always has a go. If you're not, well, so if you are under attack, it's actually the biggest compliment you can ever get from him. You've got to look at it that way. I mean, James says, consider a pure joy. My brothers, when you face trials of many kinds for the test of your faith, develop perseverance. So when the devil comes against you, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's horrible when it happens. And, and I, just, I, I just know. The, the, I just, it's not that I expect it out of a faithful thing, but I... I I'm expecting it so that I can stand against it. Like, same old trick. How many times do you have an argument with your spouse on the way to church or just before church? There's a few little giggles here. I mean, in my life, there's been those things that, and, and I try now just to not let, and I'm not talking about Jen and I, uh, just there's little distractions and little things. 
that I've just got to be aware of. You need to be aware the devil has schemes, the Bible says. And I don't have time to teach into putting on the armor of God and all that, but you just need to be aware. And if you're not fighting him, you might just be walking with him. So the final part of the prayer is, oh Lord, he says that you would keep me from evil, keep me from harm. It's a, it's a prayer of protection. And I know that many of us might pray a prayer of protection, but it is so important. Notice the progression. Blessing. When we, when we have blessing, we, we, uh, when we have it, we have influence so that we can be a blessing to other people. And then we need his presence because we can't do it with God's power. But then we have to have and pray for protection. Pray for protection. You see, if you do the previous three, he will come after you. And I'm not prophesying that or anything. It's just, it's just how it works. 1 Peter says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So we need to resist the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. And no time to teach into this, but it's, it's, it's called spiritual warfare. You, you're in a battle. Every day you're in a battle. And spiritual warfare, a nice way to explain it, is confronting the enemy with the, the authority of God's name, the truth of the word, and the power of the cross. And when we've pastored and helped people when they're dealing with something, I, I've often said you, you need to, the Bible says take your stand against any, you need to take a stand. So I'm not going to allow that to happen in my life. Dads, moms, you need to be praying for your, your kids. I'm not going to allow that in my kids. I mean, we're in a, a a crazy world right now. Spouses, you need to be praying for, praying for each other. Lord, would you just protect my husband, protect my wife? I just pray protection over them today that you won't rob their mind. Luke 10 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And you need to stand on that and believe it. Nothing will calm you. Nothing will come against you. Lord, there's no sickness that will destroy me. I believe it and I stand on it. And I pray these four things every day of my life. I pray for favor. I pray for protection. I pray for his, and I thank him for his blessing. And I, and I, and I pray that God would use me. You need to be saying, Lord, strengthen me and rescue me from every attack of the enemy because he will come. And the best thing about this whole prayer is that if you pray this type of prayer, I just believe that God will grant your request. It says that there, and God granted his request. And maybe a lot of the, the, the stuff that's happened in your life, and I'm, and I'm, I'm saying this that you haven't prayed, but sometimes we just need a little bit more intentional. Could you start to pray these four things daily? You don't have to pray it in that exact order or that prayer, but just pray these four things. Pray for blessing. Pray for influence. Pray for his presence. And pray for protection. Just start to make it a part of your daily conversation with God. And some of you are under attack right now. And you think it's maybe just circumstantial. Let me just tell you that the, the enemy, the devil is just trying to distract you. He's trying to pull you off course and distract you from your purpose. And I'm trusting 
for my life and for yours. More blessing, more influence, more presence, more protection. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this powerful prayer. What a wonderful prayer it is, God. And the most incredible thing about it is how you granted the request of Jabez. And I pray today, Lord, as our church begin to pray a form of this prayer daily, these four things, I'm really trusting you, God, to do, do mighty things in people's lives here, Lord God. I kind of just sense for some of you, you've almost been hesitant to pray the, this whole idea of blessing. It's like, no, well, God just wants to keep me humble. Yes, God uses circumstances to humble us, but that doesn't mean he wants to bless you. As an earthly parent here today, if you have your own kids, don't you just want the best for your kids? You don't necessarily buy them everything they ask for, but you just want the best for them. So God, I pray as people trust you and stand your word today, I pray for blessing to come in people's lives. And I pray that perspective is not just a personal one, but God, it's, it's an enlarged one that you would use the blessing that flows into this house, God, and out of this house. Bless it, Lord. But Lord, I pray that you would be with us, be with your people, Lord God, as we, we need your Holy Spirit. And then, Lord, would you just keep us from harm, keep us from evil, would you protect us? I pray protection over every person, every family, every school represented, every business represented. God, I pray for protection in Jesus' name. And my last prayer is for anyone who is in a, a moment of pain right now. I don't know your struggle, I don't know your issue, I don't know your pain. But I just believe that God is gonna do something in your life this week as you begin to pray this prayer. And I just believe that he's gonna lift you up out of that and bring healing in your life. And yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's problems, there's, there's issues and, and sometimes you don't even know how to take your eyes off of the issue. But can I just encourage you, friend, today, just put your eyes on God and say, God, I can't understand this, but God, would you bring me out of this I pray for blessing, I pray for protection, I pray for your presence. And my last prayer today is for anyone who feels stirred, it's not my words, but the Spirit of God is stirring in your heart today. You're like, man, something's going on and maybe you don't know God that well, but you wanna get to know Him a little bit more and you haven't prayed a prayer saying, God, I ask you to come and live in my heart. I'd love to pray a prayer with you today. And I'm gonna pray it now, and if all of us could pray it out loud together, but if you're praying this for the first time, really pray it from your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Lord, I'm sorry for my past, and I ask you to forgive me. Come and live in my heart by your Spirit and make me into the person that you want me to be. I place you first in my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Did anyone pray that prayer for the first time today? And you're like, man, I, I prayed that for the first time today. Anyone? We'd love to just uh, celebrate that with you. Is anyone here today prayed it? Can't really see the, eyes, the lights are right in my eyes. Um, 
If you did pray for the first time, just a couple steps up on the screen, get a Bible, tell a friend, come and let us know. Uh, we'd love to have you involved in, in our church, you, but there's other amazing churches in the community, but it's important just to tell someone. Well, I hope that encouraged you today, church. We got a, a 6 p.m. service again tonight. Just a reminder about a couple things, uh, the speak uh, caps and bottles are available. If you want more information on home groups, Adele will be over there, uh, life groups. Uh, and then we will only see you in three weeks. We're away two Sundays. Um, so please all be here when, when we get back, okay? Uh, I'm sure you will be, it's, it's all in good hands. Uh, but have an amazing uh, week, everybody. God bless, ciao.